Somebody will say like plate or shrimp or plate of shrimp out of the blue, no explanation, no point. Look at one. It's all part of cosmic unconsciousness. Hello and welcome to the Cult Film Companion Podcast, the home of movies that are off, under, and ahead of the cinematic radar. My name is Chris, and I am your host. Joining me for this episode, I have a very special guest to talk about a movie from my childhood. Well, we're going to get into it. Before we do, I just want to remind everyone that the Cult Film Companion Podcast is now available on all major podcast platforms. Spotify, Apple, all those podcast platforms. Wherever you get your podcasts, we should be available. And if we're not, please let me know so we can get onto your podcast platform of choice. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter at Cult Film Comp so you don't miss any of the latest episodes and news. Please join our Facebook group, The Cult Film Companion. Follow me on Instagram, Cult Film Comp, and we are also a me- member of the Blind Knowledge Collective, www.blindknowledge.com, which is an incredible website full of podcasts and videocasts from around the world covering all sorts of topics that are entertaining and informative. And just a reminder that we are also a featured podcast on Newsly. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android. It picks up topics from the latest trending articles. You can follow topics as specific as you would like, from sports to science to Bitcoin to the to the Kardashians to movies. And it will pick up the latest articles and then read them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time in the history of the web, the entire internet becomes listenable. Stop scrolling, start listening, try Newsly today for free, www.newsly.me or from the link in the episode description. And please use our promo code C-U-L-T-F-1-L-M, cult film, drop the I, pop in a one, and get a month free premium subscription. So with all that out of the way, I would like to introduce my very special guest for this episode. He goes by the name Smash Trivia John. John, welcome to the Cult Film Companion Podcast. Hey, hey I, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I, how, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing quite well, thank you, sir. Just for my audience, can you just tell us a little bit about you and your show, so we can get a, a little taste of of what what's go, what what's happening at uh, Smash Trivia? Uh, so I uh, I am bo- uh, I'm both a trivia host and a podcast host. I uh, so oh uh, I do a podcast uh, for my love of Hulk, where I re- I review everything that uh, in, whether it's movies or TV shows about Hulk, and I uh, and that's called uh, Smash Trivia Presents the Gamma Analysis. I, I, uh, I try to mix in there as well a bit of my 
uh, my other background of being a trivia host with uh, with trivia questions in there and just finding uh, some fun trivia uh, and Easter eggs from, uh, from the different things that I watch and uh, and I think it's a, it's a pretty fun time. Um, and the, uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter or at Smash Trivia John. Um, and my podcast is on most uh, podcast platforms. Um, I actually have also done uh, an episode on the film that we are watching today. It's probably a much more in-depth uh, episode into the film um, than what we're going to be probably talking about today. Hey, at least from what I've uh, I've seen of this podcast before, it, uh, or it's not it's not like uh, trying to go extremely deep into the films, but uh, uh, but the episode I did uh, it definitely does. And I think it's a really fun time. So I uh, uh, I would really like if you uh, if your listeners uh, would check out my podcast and check out that episode specifically. Excellent, absolutely for sure. And you you post trivia on Twitter daily, correct? Well, not. Uh, I was trying to do it daily, but I've. Uh, uh, I, not anymore. I'm trying. Uh, I, I do it every once in a while, mainly because uh, uh, I'm just really busy lately. So I don't. Uh, I don't have time every day to uh, post trivia questions. But sure. I. Uh, but I try to every once in a while, and I and it's I really enjoy doing. Uh, Hearing people will give their answers, whether they're right or wrong, it's uh, it's fun, especially when people try to give really funny responses to the <laughs> questions. Right? No, it absolutely is fun. So, um, I'm going to include your Twitter handle in the episode description. Please follow uh, Smash Trivia John on Twitter. It's a lot of fun. And if you are a Hulk fan and you're not following Smash Trivia John, there's something wrong with you, and the Hulk will come and smash you. <laughs> Uh, but before we get into Howard the Duck, I just have a, a personal question from me to you. What is your favorite, excluding the TV shows and excluding animated, to you, what is your favorite live-action Hulk? My favorite live-action Hulk would be the uh, Mark Ruffalo Hulk that is in the uh, MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I, uh, I particularly, I, I, I've my favorite, uh, I have a, Terrence from him would be in the first Avengers film. Uh, um, as is, I I love the uh, like that film gave me the Hulk that I really want, where he's like very much comedic and not just serious the whole time. Which, uh, which everything before that they try uh, they tried to make it be super serious, and I think uh, and I think that that isn't sign that's a good thing for the Hulk. In my opinion, at least. Right. No, I am. Um, I'm a big fan of M- Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk, but I'm also. I, I am also. I. Uh, I have a lot of respect and love for uh, Ang Lee's Hulk with Eric Bana, mm-hmm. and if you just want a great kind of smash 'em up action movie, I'd say that you. The Edward Norton version of Hulk isn't isn't bad either. But I'm still waiting for. I... I'm sorry. Um, I actually, I actually think all uh, all three of those uh, versions they are good films. I it's just the uh, my favorite is the Mark Ruffalo Hulk, uh, Hulk, um, just because that's what uh, I want from the Hulk. I think, uh, but my favorite, particularly Hulk film, 
is the Ang Lee one, particularly for because I love the his use of like the comic booky panels, the uh, and transitions for the film. I think that's a really cool thing that most films don't do. No, absolutely. Uh, comic book transitions are, are very, very cool. I've covered a couple movies here on the show that um, uh, most recently Repo, the genetic opera, has comic book transitions as well as the director's cut of the movie The Warriors has uh, comic book transitions, like graphic novel, they do, graphic novel type. You know, they take a panel and it kind of transition, uh-huh. transitions you from one scene to another. Um but also, I, I check those films out. Yeah, definitely. And um, I also kind of just—I will get the Howard the Duck in a minute, mm-hmm. listeners. I'm sure, but I just also <laughs> want to say that I think that um, Thor Ragnarok has a great version of Hulk as well. That oh yeah, that whole—it's kind of a—it's taken actually from a comic book series that I'm not all that familiar with. I believe called Planet Hulk. And yes. um, yeah, it's that it's a lot of fun. So I'm just looking forward to what they do with Hulk in the future. And of course, um, oh, yeah. She-Hulk, the, the the TV show that's coming out. Do you know when it's coming out, John? Because I don't off the top of my they head. They have not. Uh, they have not announced when it's going to be coming out. There have been in a lot of rumors surrounding when it, uh, it might possibly come out, but uh, but there has not been anything officially announced. I'm hoping that it comes out later this year. Um, as sign that uh, I that I've talked at lengths on my podcast about is I'm hoping that uh, uh, that by the time that She Hulk comes out, that I might actually be big enough as a podcast that uh, that I could become press and like either maybe like get the first episode early or like get uh, uh, get invited to the premiere. Or, uh, like they have uh, like I've seen with some of the different series, they give out uh, out press goodie bags that are right, like yeah uh, like customized to uh to the characters that are in the shows i like that would be so cool to be able to get something like that from marvel studios and so i'm uh, that's why i'm really hopeful of that i can get big enough for that well i think that if you keep putting out the quality of content that you do my friend um it could happen and if anyone's listening out there that has any sort of way to, to help out john please do it Please help him out. He he's a he's a great guy. He his podcasts are great. Um, I like his show. I'm not a huge Hulk fan, but I you know I kind of like. I and I I really appreciate because you're doing something. And again, people, we will get to Howard the Duck. This episode's about Howard the Duck. But something that I really like, um, something that you should. I I wish you, we'll talk about it now. But you're going back and you're talking about that. The old original Hulk TV sh- series. You're doing episode by episode, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, that's oh, awesome. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I haven't released it yet, but I just, uh, but just last week I filmed uh, um, my review for the uh, the first ever season finale of that uh, ad show, and it's uh, and it's kind of cool to see uh, a how far I've come with uh, um watching that show and reviewing it with my friend Keith, who's the uh, who is my main co-host on the show. Excellent. So that's lots of good stuff to come in. And I'm sure at some point, if you haven't already gotten to it, the, uh, the Hulk made for TV movies that have, uh, appear that there's one that features Thor and there's one that features, uh, daredevil. So that's, yeah, that's- I'm, I'm really excited for when I get to the, uh, to watching those. I've, I've seen that they don't have, very well, uh, they aren't very well reviewed on uh, at least what I saw on IMDb, but I uh, but 
I'm uh, I'm interested in CAO because it's uh, it is cool to me the idea that this uh, that um so many years before we got the MCU there was a uh, there was um these team ups of heroes in live action that uh, action I think that probably was the first time that there was ever any kind of team up between heroes and in live action i think so Th- those were actually produced and i i, I just have to know this because I, I i've seen i've read a little bit about them i've seen reviews of them those were actually meant to be what they call a backdoor pilot was what they were hoping was that things would pick up and they were actually hoping to have a thor live action series and to have a daredevil live action series um on the one hand i could see why they didn't happen although i would have been interested to see what they did because now that we've actually gotten a hell of a live action daredevil series um i'm kind of glad that it's happening now so uh kudos to you for for sludging through some of that 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 hulk series but let's yes let's take a trip back to the 80s before the mcu and at this point in time the biggest superhero movie that that had been out there was Superman and Superman two from Richard from Richard Donner. Previous to that, I mean, there has been some attempts. There was a live action, uh, amazing. There was a live action Spider Man TV show that I've seen a couple episodes from. There was a couple. I think they were made for TV movies about Captain America. Uh, but, but there was very, very little, I mean, not, nowadays there's dozens, I mean, dozens of superhero movies that are constantly in development, which brings us to yeah. all things, <laughs> so it's kind of odd, I, I, and I, I certainly don't see this, I don't see Howard the Duck as Marvel's reaction to Superman, I um the basis for Howard the Duck for people that aren't familiar the it was a character and he had his own series he had appeared in other series as well in Marvel comics and he was kind of a he's kind of like a fa- he in the especially in the comic book he kind of he he looks like a foul-mouthed cigar-smoking Daffy Duck and mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, so the team that brought us Howard the Duck is, of course, executive producer George Lucas, mm-hmm. director William Hike, and producer Gloria Katz, who had all previously met and worked together on George Lucas's film American Graffiti. And it was during American Graffiti that George Lucas found the Howard the Duck comic book and he shared it with them and they thought, oh, this would be kind of interesting and it got kind of put on the back burner and then, you know, talk started coming around and the success of Superman, they're kind of, people, they were kind of starting to look for other comic book adaptations and, you know, George Lucas having the track record that he did got got a deal to do Howard the Duck. And initially they wanted to do this as a cartoon. They wanted to do an animated movie. But 
Universal said, uh, no, we need a mo- we need a movie for the summer. You have a year, and there's no way you're doing an animated movie in a year. Mm-hmm. And so oh, yeah. Yeah. we get we got Howard the Duck. Um do you have any um any info that you want to share about the background before we actually get to the movie itself about yeah. the development and um anything? Well, I don't think it probably was like any response to this, but I uh, but I think there's probably a little bit of correlation to uh, between this film and there's a and there's a very similar I think kind of in tone and uh, out in uh, uh, um TV show that came out as well in '86, which was Alf. Um, I think there's a definitely a similarity between those. Would you say that that's uh, that? Have you ever seen Alf before? I have, and you know, I never put two and two together. But I think you have a very valid thought. <laughs> I think I think that I that does not surprise me in the least. I never put that thought together. I never made that that correlation. But I, yeah, I I can I totally see that now. I know that yeah. initially that they wanted to have Howard the Duck. They wanted it to take place in Hawaii. And because they, well, it's kind of for selfish reasons. It seems they they wanted to film in Hawaii because they kind of wanted a trip to Hawaii. They're like, well, if we make, (laughs) for making a movie in Hawaii, it's kind of like the Adam Sandler thing. They say that he, he takes paychecks uh, to make movies in these wacky kind of countries so he can go on vacation. So I, you know, I think it might be. I mean, it's a smart uh, way to make movies if you uh, film in places you want to go yourself. Right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah right, right. this movie has to be uh, it has to be filmed in Hawaii. So yeah, but uh, so that didn't happen. Well, it's also interesting to me is that they didn't want to explain uh, in this early in the early stages. They were like, yeah, we just wanted to take place in Hawaii, and it'll be like you know, it'll be a fun kind of adventure kind of thing. But we don't want to explain how we got there. And the studio exec, <laughs> and that was a that was the kibosh was put on that by the studios. They're like. Uh, no, we kind of have to explain why there's a, uh, an anthropomorphic duck walking around. <laughs> like, you, you can't just, you just can't just have this happen. So we get, uh, so we get what we got. Um, but before we dive into the depths of this, John, can you, uh, hit me with like a, 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 a brief plot synopsis here for, for Howard the Duck, the movie? Well, actually, before I did, uh, yeah, there are, are actually two little, uh, uh, more little background things that uh, oh, sure. about this film that I wanted to uh, mention. So, uh, one of them is, according to reports around the time of the film's release, um, George Lucas had just bought the uh, the $50 million Skywalker Ranch complex, and he was counting on this film to get him back into the black, and when it bombed, he was forced to sell off the ass, uh, all, all of assets to stay afloat, and his friend Steve Jobs, the CEO of, uh, of Apple Computer, offered to help by buying Lucasfilm's newly launched CGI animation division for a price well above market value, and Lucas in dire straits and thankful for his assistance agreed. That vision that he sold off eventually became Pixar. Pixar. Yeah. I did hear that. Yes. So this is like this <laughs> film, even though it flopped, it is probably one of the most important films films in entertainment history. Because if if this film had actually made a lot of money, it 
we wouldn't have Pixar, and that would definitely have been a loss for the a loss for the entertainment world. Right. Um, it, it, well, it, 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 we at least got it out of the hands of George Lucas. So that's, yeah. But yeah, no, I heard that same thing and I was like, really? Because I didn't even think Pixar was a thing back then. But yeah, apparently, I mean, it wasn't called, I don't think it was called Pixar at the time. But yes, the the studio that we know today as Pixar that has brought us such wonderful, wonderful creative uh, movies, uh yeah, how we have Howard the Duck to thank, pretty much like John said. Uh-huh. So that yep. yes, thank you for reminding. Yeah, and thanks then, for bringing that. The other thing I want to mention is so, is so there are three actors who uh, had either been auditioned or they were supposed or they had actually been cast in the role of Howard, and um, so those were uh, John Cusack. Martin Short, the art, and then the really big one, which is really interesting to me, is that Robin Williams was actually cast for the role, but he backed out because um, he couldn't do his wacky style since they, uh, he had to fit to the beak uh, functions of the um, puppet on set. So it's, which I think is just really interesting that there could be an alternate universe out there where Robin Williams played Howard the Duck. At the very least, what they should have done is hired him to do the voice of Howard the Duck. Oh, that's what they had tried to hire oh, him okay, for. But okay. he, he left because uh, uh, so they didn't hire, uh, hire him till after they'd filmed the entire film. And so uh, he could not do his wacky performances is because he had to fit within the uh, the duck uh, uh, movements that they had already set out. Oh, right, right, right. Because when you initially Wait. mentioned those names, I thought they were maybe um, trying to cast the role that originally went to uh, to Tim Robbins. Uh, I thought maybe that was who you were re- referring no, to. It, okay. Uh, no, it's for Howard the Duck. Wow. Like, which, yeah, those are like some really big actors that they almost had as Howard the Duck. Yeah. Um, it might have been a little distracting. Um, I, I actually think that the, the voice actor they got to do Howard was quite oh, yeah. good. But um, oh yeah, I actually really liked the voice that they got uh, for Howard out in this. I think it's probably one of the best parts of the film is his voice. Um, but I can do a, a plot odd summary for you if you'd like. Please, please, sir. Uh, so ba- so basically, the film starts out with uh, out. Um, Howard is on, uh, Howard is on Duck World, where uh, he he's in his apartment after work, and uh, and all of a sudden there's uh, there is this earthquake, and his uh, his chair that he's sitting up uh, picks up in the air, and he uh, and it sends him to another universe. First, first we see some um, duck tits, but uh, but then uh, and we get sent to another universe <laughs> or, or or world or whatever you uh, you want to say it is. Uh, is I, tr- I like to believe it's another universe uh, or, where he uh, he lands in front of this club uh, of where inside he finds uh, Ains a oh uh, well uh, uh, he he doesn't actually get inside at first, but uh, or so uh, um. All these people are beating him around and around, and then uh, and after he sees uh, is this girl getting beat up, uh, uh, he decides to help her. 
her, and afterwards she decides to bring him home to his uh, her house, uh, house. And um, the uh, there's some uh, uh, funny, weird, sensual moments between them. Uh, uh, um, then the next morning they go to a uh, oh to the uh, here her. I guess friend, maybe not exactly friend, uh, and who works a lab. Uh, I have to get uh, to try and figure out what this is. Howard does not like what uh, uh, the guy says, and he leaves uh, leaves Beverly, the girl, and then uh, and then um he goes to work at a, at this weird um I don't even know what to call it uh, uh where. Uh, are people just hooking up left and right and it's then, uh, and yeah it's like a bat it's like a bathhouse where people hook up I, and I like guess. you get these weird uh, you, we're gonna get into it after you finish up the plot but there is some very adult <laughs> um oh, yeah there's adult, a lot of adult stuff in this a lot of adult yeah. content in this movie which um which helped me because i which, I, I well it, it helped me as a kid like this I was like oh wow like I'm seeing stuff that I probably shouldn't be seeing because my parents you know when we rented this I remember looking at the cover and it's rated PG and you've got this goofy oh yeah duck sitting on a couch and uh, so they're like yeah this would be fine for the kids and then like we started watching it yeah and uh, you said it um. Thirty seconds. Well, not thirty seconds. Probably like a minute, thirty seconds into this movie, we've got full blown duck tits, and oh yeah, I, I yeah, but uh, yeah. So he's fired from this weird sauna steam bath place, and he goes back, meets up with Beverly, and mm-hmm. then we get to the next kind of scene where it's another questionable adult scene where it looks like they're about to hook up. <laughs> when when Leah Thompson and a duck um are about to hook up and then Tim Robbins the 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 lab guy comes back with Jeffrey Jones and these other lab assistants and uh they take Howard back to the to the the plant and uh John take it from there we're we're back at the power plant where that had this laser beam that sucked in Howard from outer space uh, so uh so something uh, went wrong at the uh, at the plant and the and apparently something else has come down uh, on the um cops show up and they uh, and they re- uh, do some really creepy stuff like they try to uh, i to um strip Howard and they and and, and Howard and Beverly find Dr. Jennings uh, and, and they uh, they leave the plant to uh, and where then they go to a, a um, restaurant that's a really weird restaurant, and they uh, and then um, the uh, Doctor Jennings, who is now turned into the who, Dark the Overlord, Overlord. <laughs> the, the Dark Overlord, of the universe, and then uh, and he kidnaps uh, Abs Beverly, does some really weird tongue stuff uh, off, and then and. Um, Let's just clarify that weird tongue stuff. His tongue comes out of his mouth and goes. It it goes into back in the day. There used to be car lighters in in trucks and cars. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he he does weird stuff to her. His tongue like 
super extends because he needs power. So like he needs to get power. He he sticks his tongue into the igniter. He gets more power. Then he goes to a power plant and sucks out all this power. And meanwhile, uh, Howard and Tim Robbins escape police custody and find this bizarre half. Pl- I guess it's a plane. It's like a helicopter yeah. type weird thing. Uh, and then and then take it from there, John. Yeah, so they uh, they um start trying to fly to uh ooh, the um plant while being chased by police to uh, uh there's some uh hilarity that ensues during this as uh, as, as uh Howard gets uh, uh causes uh, is um Tim Robbins character to uh ooh, like fall into the water multiple times and uh, uh, uh finally they get to the plant and. We ha- uh, we have them come inside. Uh, I we find oh we get one of the first instances of Howard actually having his uh, his super strength as he o- opens a door and then and they never use it again and he uh, he, <laughs> yeah, and he starts trying to fight uh, I, um Doctor Jennings with this uh, this gun. Um, they're able to get uh, at the uh, at the dark overlord out of jenny's body but then the dark overlord he's not dead he uh, he comes uh, he comes back in his full form which is a really ugly form uh arm and then uh and they're able to fight him uh, i am pretty quickly and then the film ends with a uh, uh with a uh, howard and beverly putting on a concert together uh, where they sing the film's theme song on uh, powered the duck and John, if I am not mistaken, if people look for it, there is a video of you singing the Howard the Duck theme song, isn't there? Yes, yes, there is. <laughs> so, so people, check that out. I've seen it. I, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, I, when I made that, I'm, I, um, I, I mainly made that because uh, I was. I was doing this uh, this campaign to get a podcast that I listened to to uh, to actually review the film, and yeah. I said that if it wins this vote for them to review it, that I would make a video. Oh, I and I'm and because I was making it for that, I made sure not to put any of the background music in, so that, uh, and for uh, to make sure there couldn't be any problems with copyright for them. So it sounds really bad but i think it was pretty funny yeah i mean and kudos to you for being a man of your word and doing it so that's i mean that's that's great and Uh, that that takes some balls because i i've sung on my own show and it it, i do it just because i do it because it's entertaining i did um you ever see the movie empire records no, I don't think I have. Oh, okay. Anyway, there's a really there the, the entire movie they're making fun of this terrible terrible pop song. And uh yeah, for the end of our episode, I I I sang that terrible pop song. But I mean, you got to do it for you got to give the audience what they want. And uh people yeah. people want Smash Trivia John belting oh, out yeah. Howard the Duck. Uh I have to <laughs> say though that um as much as I'm going to criticize this movie, Leah Thompson does her own singing, and it, oh, yeah. it's not bad. It is actually quite yeah, good. I actually, yeah, I actually really like her singing, and like uh, I, I find it actually really interesting how. So the reason that she does her own singing in it is because the uh, the people who made the film they couldn't decide whether or not they wanted to uh, um voice over her. 
her. And so she was just like, uh, like screw it, I'm doing my own singing then. Uh, and if you guys can't decide, and, uh, and like she did a fantastic job in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, a lot of pe- a lot of uh, I've seen a lot of movies and. Um, where where actors sing and it's not so good, and I've seen other movies yeah. where an actor is lip syncing and it's somebody else doing the singing. But Leah Thompson does her own singing, and actually, some of the songs uh, by her band, The Cherry Bombs, pretty good. I, I mm-hmm. if I was alive in well, I was alive in 1986. <laughs> if I was of age to go check out a band. Um, you know, I'd go check out the cherry bombs, but uh, let's let's see. Where do we begin with this movie? Um, I'm going to share my personal experience with my uh, my history with this, and then I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. I distinctly remember that when I was growing up, I'm the oldest of three brothers, so uh, our parents. Um, we're, we're, we're kind of, you know, for our ages, we're, we're pretty on on top of what we were watching and what movies we could rent and all that kind of good stuff. But if we went to my mother's parents' house, my grandparents on my mother's side, um, to keep the kids busy so the parents could talk, uh, there was a video store right around the corner. We'd go for a walk with my grandfather and he would rent us a bunch of movies. And for whatever reason, the video store that we had where I lived did not have Howard the Duck. So Howard the Duck was one of a couple movies that I remember distinctly renting when we would go to my grandparents' house. And we would rent this. We would rent the Garbage Pail Kids movie because my parents wouldn't let us rent it for obvious reasons. Makes sense. That movie is gross. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I loved it as a kid, but looking, I I know I haven't seen that movie probably in a decade, but I remember the last time I watched it be like, wow, I really liked this as a kid. I love the cards. I still think the cards are very, very funny. Uh, Do they translate into a movie? No, there's no need for a Garbage Pail Kids movie. But something like this, and uh, yeah, so like once or twice a year, I would get to rent Howard the Duck and the Garbage Pail Kids, and me and my brothers loved it. We loved this movie. And then you get kind of to an age, I think, you know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, I I revisited Howard the Duck, and I was just like, "Eh, I really don't get it. Um, and then I started doing the show and I started reading up about movies that have a cult following and this showed up in one of the lists and I thought, what the hell? And I checked on Amazon and uh, I mean, this is not, well, maybe it's indicative of the quality of the movie. I got the Blu-ray for like $5 (laughs) and then I saw that, (laughs) that I saw that you had reviewed it and I think I posted I think I posted a Howard the Duck gif on Twitter mm-hmm. and you said something about a crossover. So here we are. That's my history with Howard the Duck. And I have to uh, say that after revisiting it for this episode, I've come kind of come back around. It makes it because for me, I've got a lot of nostalgic um, investment in this movie just because I have great time, 
great memories of me and my brothers watching this movie together. And it's actually, there. there's enough, and it, it, I could see this, this is, we'll get into why this movie didn't do too well, but there's enough adult content in this that I still, like, as an adult, there were still jokes that I laughed at, and there's still some, oh, yeah. like, one of the lines that still gets me is there's a line in the diner um, where Howard's about, all these truckers and diners are about to kill Howard, and Leah Thompson's pleading with um, the dark over, at the Jeffrey Jones is the actor, but uh, he, he's in his dark lore persona. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why aren't you helping Howard? Or blah, 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 blah. And he's like, they took my eggs. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah. like, just like weird lines like that. I was just like, you know, oh, yeah. it's goofy, but there's enough in it. And I, <laughs> I, I would say that I kind of wish that we either got a sequel or if this movie had more, I'd like to see more of, because now as an adult, the more interesting part to me is this whole, like, alternate universe called Duck World. Like, I'd like mm-hmm. to see more of that. We get to see glimpses oh, of yeah. it. And, like, even when Howard's in, when he's even, like, when he's in Cleveland now, like, when she's going through his wallet and there's, like, all these, uh, th- like, there's a a dollar bill, but it's George Washington with a duck bill. And there's like the credit cards with like, you know, duck logos. And there's also a condom that is just, again, for PG movies, just why? <laughs> you don't need yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, And so I, uh, I think it's funny. Like I didn't even think about when I watched the film, but my, uh, but my buddy Keith, when we were reviewing it, like he uh, pointed out the fact that, this condom, this is an unwrapped condom. Yes, it's un- has his, uh, his wallet, and it makes you wonder, is that something that they did normally in, on Duckworld, just have unwrapped condoms? Yeah, it's, yeah, I was, it's, first of all, it's tiny. <laughs> yeah. But I think maybe the joke, I guess maybe they thought the joke would be funnier if it was unwrapped, because if she just pulled out, like, a uh, wrapped yeah. condom, people wouldn't know what it was. So they were like, well, we'll definitely make sure people know what it is, because it is, it's an unwrapped condom. Now, if you're a a human man or woman, and you're carrying unwrapped condoms around, don't do that, please. Yeah, no. <laughs> but, uh, so that's my history with Howard the Duck. Uh, John, what's what's your history of Howard the Duck? When did this first so- come uh, come about to you? So I, I actually, I watched this for the first time about uh, probably six months ago now. Uh, I, uh, I, um, for months, I, uh, I was, I was campaigning as I mentioned before for this like podcast that I uh, I'd like to review it, and like. For a while, it was just because I knew that the, the film had such an awful uh, oh, um, reputation that I was like, like this would probably be a really funny review uh, them reviewing this really awful film. And then I uh, I finally watched it and I I did a 
short form review of it on my YouTube channel, and then uh, and then um, nothing much came of it for uh, a few months, and then I uh, and then um, I was setting up this uh, it's like I, a fun thing I was I was doing for my podcast where I created this sort of fake beef, and I uh, and as a climax for this fake beef, I. Uh, I was like, I did two episodes. One of them uh, and was I forced Keith to watch Howard the Duck, uh, uh, and the other was uh, uh, was I forced the that other podcast uh, asked that uh, to watch the 2008 Incredible Hulk film because I know that they didn't like it when they reviewed it on their podcast. Um, but uh, I'd, I so I watched the uh, um Howard the Duck again for my the uh, for that sort of villainous uh, is take and I found that both uh, all, actually uh, Keith and I actually both enjoyed the film and we even more enjoyed talking about the film um so I uh, so and since then I've been like trying to get everyone that I can to watch this film uh um, because I think it's something that people should experience, whether they're going to like it or not. They should at least try and experience at least once. Um, and and like I, like you mentioned, uh, mentioned like wanting to see more of Duck World. I re- I really would like to see more of Duck World as well. Like I think it's so cool how much effort they put into Duck World. Like. There's these uh, these duck versions of posters in the uh, that he has that they obviously put a lot of effort into making those and I think there's it's such a cool thing like I would actually love to uh, love to be able to own a a breeders of the lost stork poster because I think that would just be really cool to put up on my wall uh, but uh, and um it's Adley, apparently they actually. They, so no one actually knows where those uh, where those posters are that were in the film. Uh, um, they and so oh people have had to just make recreations to sell it online because they couldn't because uh, there has never been any auctions or anything thing where the actual screen news posters were sold. Wow! I think it's such an interesting thing. Um, yeah, I. And that you mentioned how it's like an alternate universe. Like I actually, uh, so like the film tells us it's just another planet. But like I, uh, I agree with you. I think it's really an alternate universe. Uh, and I think it, it, that some dialogue actually in the film supports that. Where uh, as Howard is flying to Earth, there's uh, there is this voiceover saying the cosmos worlds upon worlds without end in these mm. galaxies every possible reality exists to, and what is uh, is reality on one world is mere fantasy on all others there's here all is real and all is illusion what is what was and what will be start with the words in the beginning there was howard the duck i feel uh, like that uh, uh, that Plus the fact that it's, it's basically like Earth but with ducks, I it makes me think that it's an uh, it is a alternate universe and it makes me want the '80s Howard the Duck to appear in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That would be interesting. 
I don't think it's gonna happen. We, I, yeah, I we, don't think it will either. But I, I would just want it to because I want to that to confirm my theory. I mean, I think it would be funny as a goo, like just like as a throwaway oh, joke yeah. that if like one of the universes opened up and it was Duck World, that would be great. But we did. Howard the Duck has made a appearance in the MCU in mm-hmm. Galaxy uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two in a post credit scene. Um, oh, yeah. But he's computer generated. Um, yeah, so and he's uh, he's voiced by Seth Green instead right. of the uh, of Chip Zwick or however his name's pronounced who voices him. This right. So th- yeah. So let's talk about this. This movie has had between a thirty to thirty seven million dollar budget, and it shows because. Regardless of the content and whether or not you necessarily like this movie, it is. It looks amazing. The, oh, yeah. The it, set, really the I per- think the only time in the film where it doesn't look amazing is the final battle. Because, uh, yeah. like, you can tell that it uh, that the uh, the villain in the final battle is, like, a, a toy that they made bigger using um computer effects right right versus uh versus everything else in the film it looks like it's real like like when they're flying that plane it sounds it seems absolutely insane to me that they would actually have flown a plane to make the film but it looks like they did yeah i mean we have to say like the production design is awesome especially like and you could just pause, like, the opening scenes with Howard in his apartment. Like you said, there's that Raiders of the Lost build. There are duck puns everywhere in this. Oh, yeah. He's reading, uh, like they, he's reading have, a, like he... a Play Duck mag. Play Duck, yes. There's Play mm-hmm. Duck magazine where a, a topless duck is posing in some sexy <laughs> negligee, if that's your thing. But, I mean... And then we get the, uh, obviously the scene where he's sucked through the wall, and there's just a topless woman duck yeah. sitting in a bathtub drinking wine and singing, and yeah, you get duck tits, yeah. and you gotta wonder, you, you you gotta wonder whose idea that was. I'm thinking it was George. Yeah. I'm thinking George Lucas. That's what I'm thinking. Um, Probably, it, you know, that also was in that also was in that opening, like. You have like these scenes of him like swapping through different channels of uh, you know, where there's, right. uh, there's different yes. duck versions of shows, and like that in that scene has one of my my favorite jokes in the film where I thought uh, I thought it was actually really funny. So he goes on this medical drama, and they uh, and um, so we see this uh, is female nurse or doctor i'm not they didn't uh, it was best five but they uh, uh but she's like professing a love to uh, of to this doctor while he's hitting the chest of a patient and then all of a sudden he says uh uh he's dead yeah <laughs> i just thought that was hilarious uh, it's, it's a like, du- it's a duck it's soap so, opera. It's a duck soap it's opera. It's so crazy, but it's hilarious to me. We got a duck soap opera. Then we get one of those 80s advertisements where the guy is saying, these prices are too high, so he's smashing things. He's like, this radio is too high, and he smashes it. Then we get a um, 
a great commercial of two uh, football player ducks, and one of them has jock itch. Um, it's just, it, I mean, like like I said, I kind of wish that we had more duck world. Um, oh, yeah. But then we get Howard and, and um, <laughs> I was going to say a duck out of water story. It's a fish. We got a fish out of water story where, you know, Howard's yeah. got to adapt. And, I mean, there are, it for this, I think part of the problem with this movie, and this is my theory to why it didn't do so well, is that I'm not sure who the target audience for this movie was. Because, yeah. I mean, how would, in, in the 80s, uh, I mean, comic, you know, the popular comic book characters are very similar to the, the the same ones that we have now. I mean, obviously, there's been newer characters introduced. Mm. But, I mean, Marvel, you know, we're not talking about a time before Marvel had Iron Man or Spider-Man or Captain America or, like, or the Avengers. Like, all these characters did exist. I'm just like, so we're going to do Howard the Duck. And it's almost the only thing that I can kind it's of say that it's similar to although these movies did much, much better, is kind of like when they announced Guardians of the Galaxy because that was not mm-hmm. a well-known comic book property. People are yeah. like, the what? But on the one hand, the Guardians of the Galaxy succeeded in being a very, very entertaining, very, very different type of comic book movie than we commonly associated with the MCU. As with Howard the Duck, it's kind of like, who is this like i it's much more seems like it was a it was like a passion project because you know the three creative people behind the scenes were like really excited about it but yeah, it's funny thing like the uh, um so i've read that apparently the film was was toned down actually a lot from what the uh from what the, the comic is like where the comic is like full bone R rated, like mm-hmm. Deadpool. Yeah. For, uh, uh, and they tone this down so it could be for kids, but it's really not a film for kids. No. At all. And it's, it, so yeah, I understand, like, it being a weird audience. And, like, also, you mentioned, like, the, uh, like, the biggest thing you could compare it to is Guardians of the Galaxy. And, like, when I was doing my review with Keith, Keith actually mentioned something I found really interesting. He said, he th- he could easily see this being like a a prototype for like a film that James Gunn would make, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's a really interesting perspective. I think that is definitely true. I I honestly think it is a film before its time, where if uh, if it had been released with better jokes, better graphics, but uh, like it. Uh, and it were released now. I think it would have done much better than back in uh, uh, back in the eighties, where, where I don't think the eighties they were ready for such a crazy, weird, and out there superhero story. No, they, they wanted the more cu- uh, uh, clean cut Superman, Batman, uh, and um, things like that. Right, because I mean. You gotta. There was nothing, you know. The Marvel hadn't put out anything yet, for oh, yeah. theatrically. Like, I think 
theatrically. I think, like, they may uh, maybe the only thing that had been put out from Marvel, and I'm not even sure if this was before it or not, but uh, uh but um, I know there was in the '80s a Dolph Lundgren in Punisher film. That was '88 uh, or '89. That was after this, and I was actually going to bring that up because I was going to talk about like the movies that kind of led to the MCU. So actually, the Punisher which I actually, it was a movie that I, that was another movie that I got to rent that I liked a great deal. Um, but that was after Howard the Duck. And then in the 90s, there was a failed Captain America movie. There was um, the very bootlegged Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie. And it wasn't until the late 90s where things really started to pick up again with yeah, stuff and, like uh, Blade. And that's part of Artly because Marvel went bankrupt in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't make things till later in the 90s. Right. Um, so it's interesting if you're like a big comic book fan or you're a big fan of the MCU, it's worth going back to check out stuff like Howard the Duck. Check out their first attempt at doing a Punisher movie. Um, check out the uh, approach with caution that that Captain America movie is not very good. But I would I do recommend people check out the Roger Corman version of the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I want to watch that Roger Corman one day. I, I, like, I might actually even at some point, uh, I, just because I think that even even whether it's good or not, I, I think it'll be a fun review to do on my podcast. Uh, uh, as, you you know, will have I a blast with talk it. talk about Hulk, uh, uh, as you know from the, I did an episode on Howard the Duck. Uh, uh, I, I do every once in a while try to do some, uh, some other... Um, comic book movies uh, so it's uh so i at some point i may try to do that one uh, i think i'll be uh, kind of fun oh you'll and, have a blast with it definitely I definitely think, check uh, that out and i think a big thing with uh, a that i think is really interesting with this film is this film i feel like was one of the first times eyes of any superhero movies where they packed it full of easter eggs Versus, uh, uh, or uh, versus, like I don't seem to remember there being a lot of Easter eggs in like the '70s. Superman, there's definitely not lots of Easter eggs in the uh, the '70s Hulk TV series. Uh, it's like uh, I I think that this film kind of started the craze of having lots of Easter eggs in Marvel films, and I think that's another really cool parallel of how of how. This really, uh, this really is like a prototype for what we now have of the uh, of Marvel movies. Is where I feel like if they hadn't put so much effort into the world of this one of having lots of Easter eggs in it, we wouldn't have today uh, a Easter eggs throughout all of the Marvel films. So speaking of that, could you could you share some of the Easter eggs that are hidden within Howard the Duck with me and the audience? Well, uh, uh, for uh, uh, for uh, one, you have like the uh, like, um the duck posters that are at the uh, the beginning, um, splash dance, breeders of the lost ork, my little chickadee. Um, you also have uh, have like. As well, at the beginning of the film, uh, um, the first shot of the film, 
we see uh, a two moons, which is a reference to Tatooine uh, in Star Wars. Right. Yeah. And there's also like at the, uh, uh, there's also at the end of the film when they do that concert ending. They made Howard the Duck look like he's Barney McFly, which is really cool because he's uh, he's singing opposite uh, opposite Leah Thompson, right? Who played, yes, uh, who was in that uh, that Back, Back to, to the, the Future, Future film. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. There's a lot of uh, stuff in this film, right? So, um, so yes, we talk. I mean, so the movie does look great, and I have to say that for the time. The animatronics and the suit for Howard the Duck, I would say, worked perfectly for me. Oh, yeah. 90% of the time. The one scene in particular that I, it was just kind of, there was something off, was the scene where he's being held by the police and he's in his boxer shorts. Oh, yeah, that was weird. It it doesn't, like, it, it it's... It's so well done throughout the rest of the movie that that one scene sticks out to me because for the most part, I mean, these animatronics, the suit that they got, the uh, the people that portrayed it, um, I want to say the guy's name is uh, Tony Kale, I think. Is that right? The the, the uh, guy? I'm not sure. Uh, or Bob? He played the but he, cop. he did um, the majority of it. Um, so Howard the Duck was portrayed by... Um, a a small child in uh, uh, one scene, a little person in one scene, a female little person for stunt for stunt work, and it's it's seamless because they they hired a very good voice actor to do the voice. They hired very talented people to operate the suit for the mouth to open for the eyes to move so that's not my you know that's not something i could could criticize about the movie i think that the movies the problem with the movie i'm sorry it honestly saddens me that they uh, that because of this flopping that voice actor he's not done much sense since because of the film flopping and like i feel like uh, i feel like he did such a, a good job in this film more people should have hired him. Right. Um, so a couple. I had a couple thoughts. Um, so I think the the issue that this movie has is that the tone of the movie is too adult at times for children, but also far too childish for to be for adults and teenagers this is not the movie for them. So it's like, who is this target audience for? I kind of wish that um, George Lucas, uh, Willard Hike, and Gloria Katz kind of like stuck to their guns and said, well, we can't give you a movie in a year. Give us two years and we'll give you an animated Howard the Duck movie. I kind of wish that we that's what we got, but we're stuck reviewing what what we have. So to me, yeah. I can I get why this movie didn't I do honestly well. Honestly, actually, in my I actually don't really wish that we uh, that it had gone any different because, as I said earlier, if it had had gone different, it had been in uh, a good uh, film in most people's eyes. We wouldn't have gotten Pixar, and I think that is a very important thing to think about uh, uh, when we say like. 
we wish things had gone different for this film. Sure. So, so we'll stop debating hypothetical uh, past. So, but, but, but yes, you I'm, do. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry if that's not. Uh, no, it's uh, a, no, it's just kind of funny. I'm just like, yeah, well, let's yeah. He's absolutely right. I mean, we, we don't know what would have happened, so let's just deal with what, with what we got. So Howard the Duck did not do well with critics. It it did manage to gross $380 million worldwide, so it just barely... actually kind of an uh, interesting... It made, you said $300 million? No, $38 million. Oh, okay. I thought uh, you said $300 million. No, like, wow, that's a no, lot no. for this film. No, so it barely recouped its budget, and <laughs> it, you know, they were able to... Um, you know, but I mean, if you're just barely making money over the budget, yeah. that's considered a flop in Hollywood. So it's oh, interesting. Yeah. I came across this that when it was screened to studio executives after the movie was done, the studio executives just got up and left and did not say a word. Now, that is not a good sign, as opposed to oh, yeah. the most recent story that I heard. It was that when studio ex- executives were shown the latest Batman movie, uh, it got a standing ovation from studio executives. So, yeah, when your studio yeah. executive, they don't even say so they don't even say anything to you. They're, they're like, it's almost like when a parent says to you, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. That's kind of because they didn't yeah. say anything like this movie. They didn't even say this movie sucks. They just said, "Well, you know what? I have nothing to say. I'm just going to leave." That's not a good sign. Yeah, but there's, uh, there's also uh, it, it's a, alleged, but uh, but um, I, I've read that there may have been actually a, after the film came out, two executives uh, is if I remember, they got into a fist fight about uh, arguing. Who about who let this film release? I that would not surprise me. Uh, they're, they're like, yeah, I think that's hilarious. <laughs> that it was your this film. It was all your fault. They're like, no, hell no, you're not putting this Howard the Duck nonsense on me. It was your fault. Um, but it is said that when all the reviews came out and the movie bombed, that um, on the plus side, Gloria Katz and William Hike Hoik, who are uh, not only. Uh, 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 creative partners, but they were also life partners. So they finally got their their Hawaiian vacation. They said, "We're not going to listen to you. We're not going to listen to all this bad stuff about Howard the Duck. We're just going to go to Hawaii and forget about it." Um, but it's interesting. So I mean, for the most part. Everyone rebound. Well, other uh, unfortunately, like you said, other than the voice actor, it seemed that everybody else rebound. I mean, Tim Robbins was an unknown at the time. His, his career was fine. Uh, Leah Thompson, of course. I don't know if she's still acting. I believe, um, but she, you know, her- I actually, I, I don't know if she's acting, but she's uh, she's directing things now. Oh, so even better, and yeah. um, we're not going to get into Jeffrey Jones because he's. Um, uh, there's some nasty alleged behavior about oh, him. Yeah, his, I hadn't heard that, but uh, yeah, he's uh, that sucks. He's on a couple lists, and they're not good ones. 
But um, mm, <laughs> but no, no. until I found that out, he's he's one of I, I I love him as a character actor. I think like in Beetlejuice, oh. and he worked a lot with Tim Burton. Yeah. He um he's a great character actor, but we're not going to really give him too much attention mm-hmm. because there's some um some very nasty allegations that yeah he's yeah. on he's on a couple lists. If you want to find out, you know it's it's public mm-hmm. knowledge. So, but. Uh, avoid that. But I will say this about him. He does that voice. Like, that's his own voice. Like, he altered his voice for the Dark Overlord voice. And it's creepy as hell. It Like, I know oh, yeah. they said that there were kids, like, someone had brought their kids onto the set one day because they wanted to see, like, Howard the Duck. It's cool. Um, but they were doing a scene where he's talking in the Dark Overlord voice, and it freaked out the kids. And oh. yeah, it's a freaky voice. And the makeup, yeah. the makeup they put on him, he looks really, he looks very sick and pale. Wow. And um, but I mean, I have to say that if you're in the right mood, that this is a perfectly fine movie. I don't. It's not a. It's not a great movie. It's not going to win any Academy Awards. It's not going to win any awards. But. I, I think mean, this is a film that you want uh, you want to watch with friends yes. and just yep. have fun, whether you're laughing at the jokes or actually just laughing at, uh, at how bad some things in the film are. And I think that uh, I think that that is the best way to enjoy this film. Right, I mean, watching it with friends. Right, and it definitely has earned its cult status, and I can see why because. Oftentimes, well, I'm going to ask you this question. I, I I ask this on all of all my guests on the movie. What to you, when you think of a cult movie, if you had to give your own definition of just cult movies in general, what do you like? How do you would you constitute a cult movie? Like, what would you say? I would I would say a movie that is uh, is not very popular, but it's uh, but there are a a a few fans who who they're very passionate about it. So it's got a sm- like a small but devoted following. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, that's something that that's also some. Yeah, I could definitely get on board with that, and I think that it's. I mean, in in the long of in the short of it, this movie is harmless. I mean. Yes, like it's not something I would show to little little kids because it's like like I said for for the time like the animatronics and just like the Howard character he's very likable. He's very very oh, yeah. funny and so I think every actor in this though some people might argue that they uh, that they're all crazy in this but they uh, but they all gave it their all, and I and you can tell that watching it. They they all were like, uh, they all worked really hard with this, and I and I I think all the props should be given to them for how uh, for how well they did with what they had. Right. There's no one's no one's like winking at the camera, being like, I know this is gonna be a shitty movie. Like Leah Thompson is great in this movie. She's oh, yeah. she's the lead. I, she carries this movie. She's sexy as hell and I mean it, I it is an, my, I, I'm sorry? Episode I mentioned in my episode uh, though this is a weird thing to say like I 
it, I actually, it, like, I'm able to, like, when I'm watching it, I'm like, yeah, I can see this chemistry between her and her and Howard. I like it's a weird thing to say, but it's uh, but like I think they actually do have a good bit of chemistry together. Right, and it's not you know, and people are gonna be like, "Oh, that's gross." I'm like, well, first of all, it's a movie. Nothing really happens. Come on, it's just a movie. Yeah. It's it. This is not a movie that you want to like overanalyze. You know, if you're going to put your, like, weird sexual habit things on or if you're furry or into all sorts of weird fetishes, it's, I mean, there are, it's I mean, played. there's probably people who are those who would put this film on for some, uh, for some of the things at the beginning of the film. And, and, and shame on those people if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, like you said, like, Tim Robbins, I mean, I, I mean, if this movie didn't happen when it did, there's no way they would have gotten Tim Robbins to be in this movie. But, I mean, for what it's worth, his character is very, very funny. Like, he has some of the, Like, his chemistry with Howard is great. He's like, Howard, could you melt this steel with your eyes? He's like, Howard, what am I thinking right now? Like, he's so funny. And then he does, like, a weird duck voice. He goes, like, wacka, 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 wacka. He's like... It's... I think it sounded like exactly like like I don't remember if it was uh, it was Donald or if it was Daffy Duck, but it sounded exactly like yes. one of them. Yes, it does. Yeah, and Jeffrey Jones is great as like this innocent scientist, and then like he may, he like he but he then when he's like a dark overlord, he's still got some very funny lines, but he is saying some of the most outlandish stuff. And it's so funny because, like, the way the characters in the movie react to him is like they roll their eyes and they're like, yeah, sure, Doc, like whatever you're talking about. Till they realize that, yes, there are dark overlords coming, coming to us. And, um, yeah, I have in the um diner scene that I like, I when uh, and Beverly is trying to get him to uh, help out with Howard, like. She says he's uh, Howard's my favorite duck, and it's so funny when uh, when uh, the Dark Overlord says you barely know him. Yes, yeah, I mean that's the thing. There are some really, really funny lines, and as we start to wrap up here, um, you brought up the diner scene, so I'm gonna ask you after I I do do my the diner scene is my favorite scene in this movie from start to finish. It is just it's funny. There's great action, um, just everything about it. Like it's just, I just like the diner scene. To me, is like the best part of this movie. John, what is your favorite scene in this movie? I would, I would say probably as well the uh, the diner scene. There's just so many good things in it. Like uh, I as well. Like another thing, it's like one of my favorite things in it is like when, uh, when Howard has all these pies and he's just like. Like who wants one? Who wants one? Uh, on his, and like these guys are all lining, uh, almost lining <laughs> up to get uh, in a pie in their face. It, it's like it's so ridiculous, but it's hilarious. I was gonna say we we forgot to mention we've gone all this time. We forgot to mention that Howard the Duck is a master of quack foo, and he puts his oh, quack yeah. foo is on display in this movie. He kicks some ass. Oh, yeah. He kicks some ass. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I remember in the first uh, scene where he mentioned that he's a master of Kung Fu, 
as I, I, I did not notice the first time I watched it. I'm wondering if you, over the years, whatever you've, all the times you've watched it, have you noticed how one of the guys he was fighting has all of these baby faces on his, uh, his jacket? Like baby doll faces, like plastic baby yes, doll faces. Yes, do- no. baby doll faces. Really? All over his jacket. It's so weird. Oh, and, see. I think it's funny that they're, uh, and I think it, uh, like the character's name was like Babyface or something, and, uh, and like it's just like sign where it's like what? <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm, I might have to rewatch just to check the. I mean, that's the thing, like and. And this is another reason why I think this movie has developed a cult following. It's like, after you talk about it with friends, you kind of want to rewatch it with friends. Like, if you, like, I mean, we're talking over the internet. We're in totally different states. But, like, I'd be like, John, you want to come over and watch Howard the Duck and just goof on it for the night? Like, that's fun. Like, we, we'd order a pizza and, and just, like, goof on uh, Howard the Duck, right? Like, that's the yeah, kind of... that's I would, the kind, I would love that. See, I, that's the I, kind I of wish fun... I wish I had some friends near me who I, who I could actually get to do something like that. I, yeah, I was gonna... Don't. I was gonna say, like, my co-host wanted no part of Howard the Duck. He's like, I was like, I'm doing a... Pu-. He goes, yeah, that's fine. You, you're more than welcome to do Howard the Duck. I want no part of it. I'm like, all right, I, mean, he, I, but I mean, it's not a movie for everyone. But if you if you like comic books, and if you're a fan of the MCU, it's fun to look back at the movies that came yeah. before the MCU. So, um, I mean, yeah, this movie's got a cult status for a reason because I think the fact that it, a lot of people are coming back to to rewatch it is because. There was a lot of money invested in this, and they took this movie very, yeah. very seriously. So, I mean, if it was schlocky and they didn't have the budget and the costume looked stupid, mm-hmm. like, I don't think people would still be talking about it. But the thing is, th- the action, the practical effects, the costume of Howard, just the glimpses of Duck World are worth it alone. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, there's there are there's a lot of things to like about this movie. Howard is a very likable character, even when he's making fun of people, even when he's kind of being a a, a dick or a prick. But like, I mean, in oh, another there's just a really funny scene with him in the unemployment. There's a scene where Howard the Duck goes to an unemployment office. I mean, how can you not love this movie? <laughs> I mean, come on. And it's just I don't I don't know. It's just great. But, uh, John, thank you so much for joining me to talk about Howard the Duck. Anything you'd like to say? I'm sorry. That I don't know what happened there with the connection. Okay, I can hear you fine now. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Great. All right. I was just going to ask you for your uh, your final thoughts here for Howard the Duck. Really? The only thoughts I have, have um, they're was one uh, one last thing I I wrote down uh, this time when watching it, I thought it was uh, it was really cool that I hadn't noticed any other time that I'd watch so uh, uh, the scene where uh, where Howard is playing some music in Beverly's bedroom on a electric piano keyboard uh, or I noticed this time I'm when viewing that the tune that he's playing is a rough version of the Howard the Duck theme song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's really cool. Uh oh, um, 
but other than that, I don't really have any other final thoughts. Uh, just uh, thank you for having me on, man. No, I and you know before we wrap up, I do want to mention that I mean for all how silly and ridiculous some of this movie is, something like him having a musical background is part of the story. Like he mentions that he used to have a band called Howard and the Heartbreakers, and um, you know he had pursued a life of music before he finally gave in and got a a, a, a desk job. So like for the 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 musical climax, it's not like it comes out of nowhere. So yeah, like, like most films, it does come out of nowhere, but, uh, uh, but this one, yeah, it, it is very much like it makes sense that the film ended with that. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad that, I, you know, I find this movie to be a lot, a lot of fun. It's definitely not for anyone, everyone. But I mean, if you can kind of, if you like the kind of goofy nature of um, some of the MCU movies, I mean, this movie... It's it's really not that far. Like you said, if this movie had been released, you know, not I mean, this is it's very eighties and the hairstyles and the clothing. Yeah, but like, I mean, uh, if I I mainly mean like an updated version. Sure, of this yeah, yeah, film, yeah. If it were released at least today. I think there would be a lot more fans of it than there is. I know it's very funny. They were talking. I I saw an interview with uh, Leah Thompson. She was talking that she oh, yeah. was she was raiding thrift shops to, to. So she was dressing between a cross between Cindy Lauper and Madonna, and she totally <laughs> she totally pulls off that look. So, um, so yeah. Ev, uh, um, Leah Thompson actually. So I I don't remember if it was last year, if it was the year before, but for the I think I think it might have been last year for uh, for the 35th anniversary of the film she was doing an interview on uh and um she mentioned how apparently she actually pitched to marvel in uh oh an updated powered the duck movie that's set in the mcu that she wanted to direct herself no and way marvel apparently really liked her pitch but they told her that they have different plans for Howard the Duck. Ooh. So we maybe actually have a getting sign with Howard the Duck in the future, uh, or whether it be a new Howard the Duck movie or it be a Howard the Duck Disney Plus series. Or, I mean, he was in that post-credit scenes for Guardians of the Galaxy 3, uh, 2, and I think that James Gunn is doing Guardians of the Galaxy 3, so maybe we see Howard the Duck pop oh, yeah. in there. Um, yeah, hopefully. So, I mean, just a, an obscure comic book character in a very bizarre 80s movie. But, I mean, that's that's kind of, that's par for the course on my show. Just kind of finding these weird, weird movies. And like you said, it's it's got a devoted fan base. Like, I, you know, I, I now own the Howard the Duck Blu-ray. Um, didn't cost me much, and it won't cost I, you much. I so I don't own anything for Howard uh, the Duck other than maybe uh, and one Funko Pop. But I, uh, but I, uh, I watch lots of film because if it's available on the free version of Peacock, so if, oh, great. if people don't want to uh, uh, buy it, uh, it, they can watch it for free. There you go. It's if free is the right price tag for Howard the Duck. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's um it's worth a watch. It's not going to it, it's harmless is basically what I'm it, saying. It's not going to change your life. No, but I, it's not going to hurt your life either. No, 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 no. If any, if anything, you're gonna get you're gonna get a few you'll get a few laughs out of it. So oh, yeah. um, yeah. thank you so much. 
to John. Tell the uh, tell the people once more where they can find you on Twitter. All right, so you can find me at Smash Trivia John on Twitter. There to follow everything that's going on with me. I'll be the one with the a big old green uh, head in the profile picture. So follow Smash Trivia John. Try to solve his trivia questions. And if you're a fan of the Hulk and you're not tuning into Smash Trivia, the Gamma Analysis, you are missing out. Thank you again, John. I've been Chris. This has been the Cult Film Companion, and we will have more great cult material coming up to you very, very soon.